Hi there, folks. Thanks for joining us for the Young UC podcast. My name is Tim. It's great to have you with us. This podcast is for Sunday, July the 18th, 2021. And uh, it is the, the fourth podcast we're doing, a fourth in a, a six-part series we're doing on, on the book of Jeremiah. Um, so if you haven't heard the other ones, please, I invite you to do so. You can check them out uh, uh, wherever you found this podcast. Um, the scripture reading for today is Jeremiah chapter 20, verses 1 and verses 4 to 14. And this is part of a bigger set, so if you're going to read that, I'll put a link in the, uh, the notes of this episode. But uh, if you are interested, if you want to kind of get more of a sense of where in Jeremiah this is coming, uh, chapter 27 to 29 is sort of a, a, a good unit to take a look at. So I'm going to invite you to do that if you want. Um, otherwise, I, I hope that you're doing well. It's pretty hot here in Winnipeg. And uh, it's pretty dry. It's kind of scary how dry it is um, and how hot it is and what the, the future looks like, the near future. The seven-day forecast is a lot of, a lot of bright suns and, and warm weather, but also the longer-term future. So that's sort of some anxiety there. Um, but uh, but Jeremiah is pretty good for that, for looking at that sort of thing, looking at uh, into the world. So uh, I invite you to, uh, to either read that passage or listen. I'll read it at the beginning uh, here in just a minute. So take care of yourselves and be well. Our scripture reading comes from the book of Jeremiah, and it's Jeremiah chapter 29, verses... 1 and 4 to 14. These are the words of the letter that the prophet Jeremiah sent from Jerusalem to the remaining elders among the exiles, and to the priests, the prophets, and all the people whom Nebuchadnezzar had taken into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, to all the exiles whom I have sent into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. Build houses and live in them. Plant gardens and eat what they produce. Take wives and have sons and daughters. Take wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage, that they may bear sons and daughters. Multiply there and do not decrease. But seek the welfare of the city where I have sent you into exile. And pray to the Lord on its behalf, for in its welfare you will find your welfare. For thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel. Do not let the prophets and the diviners who are among you deceive you, and do not listen to the dreams that they dream, for it is a lie that they are prophesying to you in my name. I did not send them, says the Lord. For thus says the Lord, only when Babylon's seventy years are completed will I visit you, and I will fulfill to you my promise and bring you back to this place. For surely I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. Plans for your welfare and not for harm. To give you a future with hope. Then when you call upon me and come and pray to me, I will hear you. When you search for me, you will find me if you seek me with all your heart. 
I will let you find me, says the Lord, and I will restore your fortunes and gather you from all the nations and all the places where I have driven you, says the Lord. And I will bring you back to the place from which I sent you into exile. Here ends the reading. Let's join our hearts together in prayer. Holy God, may the words from my mouth and the meditations in all our hearts be acceptable in your sight. Amen. I'm not sure what sparks the occasional look through my high school yearbook. It doesn't happen too often. I was thinking about someone, um, and I looked them up in my 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 yearbook, um, and I started reading some of the notes that people had left for me and how people sign each other's yearbooks. And when it's your senior year, there's sort of a lot. Well, for me anyway, um, more in depth, a lot more. Oh, I'm I'll miss you. Have a great time slash life. Um, just as I flip through it here, there's a lot about, you know, having good times in the theater. I was a theater kid. Um, lots of wishing me well in, in, in back in Canada. A lot of the people that were this were signing this were, uh, were American and went to American schools. And so they were wishing me all the best going back to Canada. Um, And then I came to one, and it was just a, a nice note, you know, pretty standard yearbook stuff. All the best to you. Good luck in college. Uh, you know, I really enjoyed knowing you through whatever capacity I knew that person. And then under their signature, they wrote, Jeremiah 2911. And this is what Jeremiah 29, 11 is. And we read it, just heard it, but, but I'm going to highlight it for you. For surely I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. Plans for your welfare and not for harm. To give you a future with hope. And that's a pretty nice feeling to get. It makes you feel special and important. Kind of puts us in the... The, the cosmic narrative. And it's a good thing to hear when you're graduating high school. To have written in a, a senior yearbook. As you're looking at a sort of an unknown future. Not, not sure what's to come. Not sure what, uh, what the next step might look like in life. So I really liked reading that. And I really liked having it. And I was really appreciative of this person who wrote it. And while I think that's an appropriate use of this scripture passage, I think we are served by looking at what this is in the context of Jeremiah. Because this is where Jeremiah begins to get a little, I don't want to say happy, but because Jeremiah is never happy, but a little more hopeful. Some optimism begins to be offered here. And so what? What's the context of that? Why, why is Jeremiah writing these words? What's this about? And it's helpful here to know that this is part of a, 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 a larger portion. Um, that's about three chapters, starting at chapter 27. 
uh, it's a larger portion uh, that sort of deals with the same issue. It, it, it's set in, in the same time period. Now, just as an aside, if you're looking at Jeremiah and reading it straight through and looking for a chronology, you're not going to find it. Jeremiah is all over the place. So last week we read something from uh, later on, um, uh, chapter 36 um, in in Jeremiah, but it takes place earlier. It takes place before this. It takes place before the the, the Babylonian invasion and before the exile. This passage is written to a community already in exile. In 597, Nebuchadnezzar, who was the leader of the the Babylonian Empire, uh, came into Jerusalem and and exiled a bunch of the elites. Um, This wasn't the full-on exile that that we often talk about this is only the beginning of the babylonian captivity the 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 nation of judah had 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 rebelled against babylonian uh rule and babylon responded and they came in and the the first thing that they're going to do is they're going to say okay all the all the rulers all the elites all those people that organized this that wanted this to happen you're done. You're out. And so they were exiled to, to, to Babylon. And they put in a uh, sort of a, a, a puppet king, uh, someone that was part of the royal family, but, but uh, someone who said, yeah, yeah, sure, I'll, I'll, I, I can work with Babylonian rule, no problem. We'll, we'll talk more about that king, you know, in the next, next week or so. And all the elites were taken and sent to Babylon. And that's who, who this letter is addressed to. Uh, the full exile will come, you know, maybe 10, 15 years down, down the line. But that's who's being addressed in this letter. And this letter is part of a, a, a broader section, as I said, that's dealing with a big political issue in Judah at the time. And the big political issue in Judah at the time was whether or not Judah should rebel against Babylon. Should they fight back? And you can think about this as sort of partisan politics. Um, Two distinct parties with their view on it, two different factions. And these factions fall into the the, the same theme that we've been talking about throughout our discussion of Jeremiah. On one side, there's the the people who um, hold the view that, that, that God, that Yahweh, has made a covenant with the king of Judah, uh, made a, a promise that that line would be eternal. There, there's that promise to, um, to, to, to David, and that, that runs through the, the, the Davidic line. And so that we've, we've spoken about that before. That, that's sort of the royal temple ideology. And that's, that's one side. And they're saying, you know, this, this, this isn't going to last. Um, Babylonian rule is going to crumble. God's on our side. God's going to uh, uh, help us get out of this. Uh, two years. We give it two years. 
And this is sort of all laid out in chapters 27 and 28. And then you have the other side, and this is, this is sort of the, the, the Jeremiah faction, the Jeremiah political party. And they're more in line with the, the idea that the, the covenant that, that, that matters, that makes the people of Judah God's chosen people, is the, well, the covenant made with Moses in Sinai. Um, the, the, the laws of, of Torah and um, Ten Commandments and Leviticus, all, all those, all those, all those rules. And that since, since the nation has not been great at following those, um, Jeremiah is asking, well, is that covenant broken? And is responding to this group who says, don't worry, we've got a king, God's on the king's side, uh, we're all good. Jeremiah and his faction are saying, no. You know, we're not. Um, I think in this letter he even says, "Don't, don't, don't, don't listen to to those people who are telling you otherwise." And and it sounds like this group was saying, "In two years we'll be out, we'll be fine, it'll be okay. Um, we can, we can, we can, we can hold off these Babylonians because God's on our side." And Jeremiah is saying, "No, don't, don't listen to them. Don't, don't buy into that." In many ways, this this debate echoes some of the the debates around nationalism that have that nationalistic uh, flavor to them that we see um, in, in our world. We have this sort of proto nationalistic party in in those who 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 advocated uh, throwing off the yoke of of Babylon of of no longer submitting to their their rule. This, this was the same debate they'd been having for years before this. Um, it's the reason that Jeremiah had to be in hiding, as we heard in our last scripture reading. He had to be in hiding because this sort of proto-nationalist party would, would call him a, a, a traitor. Uh, easy to brand him as a traitor and, and them as the true, true advocates of the nation of Judah. He's the one saying, yeah, we got to submit to Babylon. We got we to gotta be careful here. And they're the ones saying, no, we have to resist Babylon. God is on our side. We are, uh, are the chosen people of Judah. I mean, y- you can imagine the, the political attack ad that would be written around this today. Sort of a, a black and white image of Jeremiah, some jarring music, and then the voice comes on and says, Jeremiah is on record saying we should submit to Babylonian rule. I mean, the marketing writes itself. So we've got this, this proto, proto-nationalist party, and then you've got the, um, the Je- Jeremiah's party. We have these two parties. And both of them are, are, are grounded in Scripture. Both of them have Scripture, which, which they can raise, which, which backs them up. Um, and it's just a reminder that you, you can do a lot with scripture, but, but there's no fancy footwork being done here. Both of them are quite, quite apparent in whether you're looking at Isaiah, um, and, uh, and Isaiah's support of the, the Royal Temple ideology, or, or you're looking at, um, no, well, some of the, 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 the document, the, the, the stories in Torah, right? They're, uh, that, that, that line up with this more, um, covenantal theology, the, the, the Sinai covenant theology. 
And so in the midst of this debate, in the midst of this political debate, Jeremiah reaches out to those who are already held in exile in Babylon. And, and it's quite a compassionate and caring letter, even though it, it sort of advocates his, his political perspective. It's quite a caring letter. And when you think about, well, when you realize that these are the, the elites, the political elites, or those who had been the political elites who were taken into exile, the, these are the people who had opposed Babylonian rule. These are the people who, who had been enemies of Jeremiah, who, who he had to be in hiding from. And he's still reaching out to them and offering them care, um, tenderness, pragmatism, and, and hope. There's really something quite remarkable about that, that, uh, that Jeremiah is doing that. But I also imagine it's, it's got to be kind of frustrating to be sending this letter to people who should know the consequences of opposing Babylon, of rejecting Babylon. People who should know that maybe, well, maybe putting all our, our eggs in the royal temple ideology basket in the idea that God is on our side simply because, well, simply because, maybe putting, putting all our eggs in that basket wasn't a great idea. And so I have to wonder if, as he's writing this letter, there's a, a, a bit of frustration there. You know, stop, stop talking about this. Stop, stop listening to those people who say, don't worry, God's on our side because we have a king that God made a promise to. Stop, stop listening to that. You of all people should know or at least ha be wary because you've paid the consequences of that royal temple ideology more than anyone at this point. God is not, and, and I want to make this clear to you folks, God is not on your side. And I think this is a pretty important part of what Jeremiah is trying to say throughout the whole book bearing his name. This seems to me to be one of the biggest divisions between uh, the Jeremiah party and the, the Royal Temple ideology. The Royal Temple ideology would say God is on our side, and I think Jeremiah is saying... God is not on our side. But we can be on God's side. And there's a subtle difference here, but it's, it's certainly a significant one.
Jeremiah is saying to this community of exiles, it doesn't matter whether you're in Jerusalem or whether you're in Babylon. You can find God in both those places. And you can work to the ends of God's ministry, God's mission in the world in both those places. I think this discernment is at the heart of all of our calling. I think many of us start out life and continue through life with the assumption that God or 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 the world is is on our side that that we're at the center of everything. Everything revolves around us. And the spiritual growth that we're called to, that we're invited to, is the realization that, no, the world doesn't revolve around us. This is what Jeremiah is inviting these folks to. This is where Jeremiah is calling the nation of Judah to. Calling it to move past that juvenile view of the world that says, God is on our side. And this is hard to do. It, it, it really is. It, it requires tremendous discernment and, and self-awareness because the distinction is really a, a, a distinction of our own perception. It really requires some, some honesty some intellectual honesty, some, some spiritual honesty to say, when I look at the world, when I think about God, do I see the world revolving around me? Do I see God being on my side? And we can look at this from an individual perspective. We can look at this from a national perspective. I mean, I said that this was sort of a, a, a proto-nationalist group. And in some sense, that's what nationalism is, or, or any ism is. It's the idea that God is on the side of whatever my group is. That the world revolves around whatever my group is. That my group is of more importance, of more value than other groups. And this way of thinking lets us put ourselves at the center of everything. But when Jeremiah writes, seek the welfare of the city, he's writing to people who have a worldview that Jerusalem is at the center of everything. That Jerusalem is where God is, that's their city, and Babylon is not. He's challenging their worldview. He's saying, no, God is anywhere. God is doing God's work, not just in Jerusalem, but also in Babylon. A nation that you, you hate, that has destroyed your homes, that's taken you far away from everything you know and you love. God is at work even there. 
So look beyond just your own worldview. Seek the welfare of not just any city, but even this city. Here is the calling to participate in God's mission. This takes ourselves out of the center of everything and puts God in the center of everything. Puts the other, the holy other, at the center of our world, of our awareness. And it's easy to convince ourselves that that's what we're doing. And that's why I've said it, it requires some intellectual and spiritual discernment and honesty and reflection. We need prophets in our lives um, as communities and as individuals that invite us to check ourselves. To ask those questions with honesty. Because the alternative that Jeremiah offers is the path of compassion. It's the path of justice and grace. Of reaching out and caring for or seeking solidarity with the marginalized. Of all those, those deep themes that we find in the Torah, that we find in the prophets, that we find in the New Testament. And there's no easy way to get there. There's no easy fix. There's no quick change. There's no sudden conversion. This isn't a, a, a light switch that you flick. Oh, you know what? Used to be all about me, now boop. Now it's not. This is life work, and we go back, and we go forth. But when we do go forth, when we go forth into the world, the question at our hearts needs to be one of tremendous humility. And as we ask ourselves, is God on my side? Or am I seeking? Am I striving? Am I longing to be on God's side? Because it's there that we begin to see God's plans for us. Plans of a future with hope. Thanks be to God. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Young UC podcast. If you liked what you heard, you can go to youngunitedchurch.com there you can connect with worship, hear past sermons and music, and learn a little bit more about who we are and some of the outreach that we do. All of our work in the world from supporting outreach in Winnipeg to sponsoring refugees to creating content for listeners like you is supported by donations. If you'd like to support us, please find us through Canada Helps or directly through our website. Thanks very much and have a good day.